0: Hey girls, you're listening to My Girl Podcast with Ruthie Ridley and Fina Ellerman. This is a podcast for every woman, every girl, every mom, sister, and friend. We can't wait to get started. Thank you for joining us again this month, ladies. We are excited to be back. Um, Ruthie, this is our anniversary episode. Yes. I can't yes. believe it. I can't I been a year. Are a we going to cry? Are a you a crier? <laughs> oh my God. I'm not a crier,
1: but I could probably cry. <laughs> I could cry too. I just can't believe it's been a year. It's one of those things where you're like years, literally people might not know this. We talked about it very briefly. I think in the, in the beginning years, you think, Oh, I want to do a podcast. I want to like go deeper with people. I want to get beyond the, the squares on Instagram and then boom. I was like, why not do it and do it with Bina. And then a year later, we're still going and we've had some of the most amazing conversations. So I just can't believe it.
0: Yeah. We're super blessed to have a following of listeners that are um, loyal and just really engaged in what we're doing. So thank you guys for following us this past year. And... To kick off another exciting year, we have a special guest with us. Her name is Natalie Manuel. You may know of her. She has a talk show on the Hillsong channel. Natalie, why don't you kind of intro yourself, tell us a little bit about you, and we'll get started.
2: Hello, thank you for having me, and first off, congratulations on one year, that's a huge deal, way to do that leap of faith, and God caught you guys in that net, and look at you now, a year later. Um, For all your listeners out there, my name is Natalie Manuel Lee, and I have a um, television series on the Hillsong channel, and you can find it on the Hillsong channel as well as YouTube. And we are premiering season two in September. Season one is already out and ready and available for everybody to view. Yes,
0: we're very excited. To tell every, I feel like every after this, everybody's going to just rush to go watch it just because, <laughs> I don't know, I'm just really excited. <laughs> so, yeah, um, and what's really cool is I've known uh, Natalie for a while, so she grew up in a church that I've been going to since I was like 21. So like I've been going since 2007, but
2: Molly, did you go to school there? Did you go to no, school? you mean high school or college? High school. No. So okay. I, um, I moved from Chicago. My dad was managing the Chicago White Sox. And once, once he got released from, um, his job, his position. My parents uprooted and left and moved to Sacramento. So then that's when I left. But I actually left my last year of sen- the senior year in high school, which is who that it was is rough. rough. That is rough. That that was that was a rough season in my life. So I graduated in Sacramento in high school and then I went to um Cal State, Sac State. So Cal State mm-hmm. University Sacramento, um right after that. So I went mm-hmm. to college in Sacramento, but didn't grow up. I grew up in Chicago as well as Florida.
0: Okay, awesome.
2: Yeah, so we've definitely crossed paths
0: and um, numerous numerous times have friends in common and I've just seen her glow up. So we're really excited to have you here. Um, so you, you already kind of like kicked it off, told us where you're from. Where are you currently living now? Like what are what are you doing besides the show or maybe even kind of get a little more into that?
2: Um, right now I live in Beverly Hills with my husband, um, and a little one on the way, Um, (laughs) (laughs) a little one on the way, look at God. So right now in that time, I mean, obviously we're in COVID, so there's, we're restricted with a lot of things, but, um, in addition to now with Natalie, I, I did a lot of styling, but now I'm kind of slowing that back down and kind of focusing more on um, now with Natalie and that kind of sphere in my life. Um, so yeah, we live in Beverly Hills, my husband and I, and we're just preparing for um, this new season that we're about to embark on in our life. That's so cool. I actually didn't know about the styling thing, Ruthie, did you? No clue. But I okay. mean, look at her
1: Instagram feed. <laughs> I mean, Seriously. hello, let's talk about it. it.
0: <laughs> She's woke. We know she can dress. <laughs> she has the coolest duster coats and robes and kimonos. And I'm like, where do you even find something like that? Where do you it's find it? It's true. And it's all in the layering. That's what takes you yep. to the
1: next level is if you know how to layer. Yeah, I'm not there. Okay. I just put yep. on a dress and I walk out the door. It's yes. in the layering and it's in the details. And Natalie, she's got it. She's got it down. <laughs> To really,
2: so do you. I've stalked
1: you, and so do you, Fina, oh, for please. sure. But well, for me- Fina. Fina needs to dress me for our shoes because she, yes. she is trying to be sleek and she is woke. Oh, <laughs> but, no, yes, woke. dress <laughs> to the nines. Okay, <laughs> that is so
0: funny.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I um I actually when I moved to LA, I was styling. And so I styled for a few years and then from that I transitioned into working with my brother at Fear of God. So I've been in fashion pretty much for the last decade now. Um wow. so, yeah. And it's I'm just, jealous. you know, it's in my DNA and I love it and I definitely am a person that likes to layer. I wear everything oversized. I'm I just like things big. I don't I have no idea where that came from, but that's just kind of how I roll no that's good that's
0: that's my thing too so we did a little stalking of you on social media too and saw that you're married obviously you're married you're um you're have a little one on the way can you tell us a little bit more about your your husband what he does how you guys met
2: so crazy story is brian and i we've been we're going on five years um this november but we have known each other since middle school. I've known him since what? I was 14 years old, which That's a lot so cute. of people know or realize. Um, so he's been my friend since, yeah, since we were 14. I dated my people, he dated his people, but He always told me um, in high school that I was gonna be his wife. And he told my mom the same thing. And my mom was like, yeah, this is your husband. And he would always call Brian, she would always say that Brian was her son-in-law, Uh, blah, 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 blah. And now fast forward to they both were prophesying it in and jokes on me because I had no clue. I had no idea. I was like, No, I don't think so. Not because because I was very attracted to him. I love who he was. I love I love the man of God that he was because we were such close friends. But sometimes you're not looking at your friend in that lens, but jokes on me. And um, so yeah, years later, we started dating and now we're here. And once we started dating, I knew like right away. And it's so funny because a lot of people don't realize that God has the ability to change your lenses for somebody because we had that friendship for so long. And once I put my, my, you know, my heart was open to the idea of it. I instantly saw him in a romantic way that I've never seen him before. And so um I and I was ready for it. Before I wasn't ready for it. I was denying it, denying it, denying it, being wild, doing what I wanted to do, dating the dudes I wanted to date. He was doing what he was doing too. Um so yeah, now we're here and um he has his own agency called the Garden Agency which is um it's character development for pre- professional athletes. So right now he has a basketball player as well as a soccer player and um, yeah, just brand development for them as well as character development for them. That is so
1: cool. Oh my gosh. I love that because you know, I actually was attracted to Ben first. Really? Not see anything for months and a year. And then all of a sudden he really said, I feel like the Lord just changed my lenses for you and he can do that. I mean, obviously that, happened to you over the course of years, Mm -hmm. but this is over Mm -hmm. a very short period of time. So it's true. It's so true.
2: It's so true. And I, you know, I have a lot of friends now that are going through that same journey where their guys have been their friends, you know, their best friends and they have now they're either engaged or have a kid on the way or, you know, a happily Mm -hmm. family. Um, But, you know, a lot of times when we are having our vision set on one thing, God has a completely different plan for us. And that's why we have to be open and willing to hear what he is calling us to look at and to see and take our blinders off. Oh, it's so true. Isn't that in life too? We think things are to go a certain
1: way and we have our own plans. Yeah, no, 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 no. Yeah. (laughs) So you're pregnant pregnant how are you feeling because you guys can't see her but she looks so good
2: <laughs> <laughs> wow. Thank you. um you know I'm feeling good now I am um on my 17th week okay For the first four to five weeks oh honey child honey child I wish somebody <laughs> before you girl I mean, I wasn't eating, you know, obviously, as we know, every pregnancy is different. And so for me, again, for the first four to five weeks, I wasn't eating, I was sleeping a lot. And to be frank, I was, I was pretty low, I was down, I was depressed, because I felt like I couldn't do anything. And so that just made me feel, you know, everything just, I just felt debilitated. I feel like I just couldn't move or operate the way that I I normally operated. So I had to find that new normal in that, you know, that month period. But after that five week uh, moment hit that hump and now, you know, we're just flowing. I'm grooving, feeling good. And of course you get fatigued, but you find a rhythm of when either you're fatigued, you either rest or you push through and then you rest earlier but my advice to anybody that's pregnant or that's going to get pregnant is that when you do feel that fatigue coming on listen to your body because your body is doing something that it's never done before or that it needs to do and pay attention and it needs all the energy that it needs and so for me because I'm such a busy body and used to being go 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 it has um shown me the art of being still Oh yeah. mm-hmm. uh, and you know during this time. So yeah. it's good. Oh yeah. Especially during this time. It's kind of like a yeah.
0: I know I, I know a lot of people joked about like COVID babies, like because clearly yeah. everybody's been like locked up. But like it's a good time to like be in the season because you're not rushing around like you're kind of forced to like do those things that you're talking about. Listen to your body, um, be still. So oh so cool. Yeah. yeah. Some of us need that forced
1: be still. And I'm definitely one of those people. So I can only imagine what you've been feeling like over those weeks where you had to.
2: Yeah. It's funny because the pregnancy forced me obviously to be still, but then COVID forced all of us to be still. But for me, it made me confront a lot of things that I didn't want to confront, you know, internally. It made me, because we don't have we don't have any distractions ready available to us anymore, besides obviously our phones and our computers. But God was just kind of like, hey, you are all in a season of being still. You yes. should utilize this opportunity to catapult us into the next season as opposed to crawl as opposed for us to crawl into the next season. Yeah, it's good. like we need everything that we could potentially get in this covid season if you will right. to prepare us for the next season in our life. 100%. And we can't say that we weren't prepared. We can't say that we didn't have time to prepare right. because he's given us an ample amount of time. And you know, for me it just you know everyone's always saying let's go back to normal I, I feel like we never were living in normal. And mm. for me, I am now learning what normal is. And because I'm finding out what that new normal is, it's because I was able to confront those things that I needed to see. Like my patterns of thoughts weren't the best. I was going from one to 10. I was worrying a lot. I, you know, I let fear handicap me. So all those things have been dismantled in this season to, for me to actually get to a normal. As opposed to what normal we thought was. And so, you know, in the season of being still with being pregnant and COVID, it's just, it's prepared me for what normal should have been all along.
1: I love that.
2: Yeah. Yeah. That's good. I'm taking notes over here.
0: Okay. okay, (laughs) This is really good stuff. So
1: earlier um Fina had mentioned now with Natalie and you've touched on it a little bit. That is your show. Mm -hmm. How did it come about?
2: Um, so funny enough, um, after got to LA, transitioned into working with my brother at Fear of God, um, my brother's Jerry Lorenzo, and I worked with him for about three and a half years, running his brand with him, being his basically his second, and um, you know, working around the clock, doing all those things and not sleeping, but you know living your best life because you're you know you're helping your brother build a dream. but I got to, to got to the end of that season and realized that God was calling me to more and I didn't know what that more was. And so I had a choice to either stay and be disobedient because I didn't know, what the future held, you know, it was just the fear of the unknown or jump and believe that God will catch me. And so for me, I transitioned out of fear of God and there was about a four month period before now with Natalie, um, the conception of now with Natalie. And in that four month period, I went into a deep, deep depression and, um, I was, lonely. I, I just, I felt like my identity was wrapped up in what I did. And so because of that, um, I had this aha moment and God just kind of, again, I was still because I was in the state of not working and not being able to do anything. It was just kind of like the reason why you're depressed, the reason why you're down is that you're putting all of your focus and your energy and your value and who you are and your identity in your work title and not in me. And so with that, I was like, oh my God, I'm not the only one that wrestles with this. Right. We need to talk about this. And so that's when now with Natalie, the conception of now with Natalie, the idea of that, I know th- the circle of my friends, these influential people have gone through the same thing that they have put their identity and value and worth in all the wrong things. Yeah. And they're still at this low point. We need to discuss this and, and talk about, How to get out of this journey, you know? How to get out of this false narrative that's being sold to us—that the money that you have, the cars that you drive, the friends that you have, the the job titles, you know—that your work, that your worth and value is in all these other things, but simply in the image of God and what He created you to be. And so, for me, I wanted to create content and have these authentic conversations to talk about this for people to feel not alone and relatable so that's how it birthed oh
1: wow that's powerful
0: yeah, yeah.
2: And that's I feel like that's what um these younger
0: generations need I mean even millennials I mean we're kind of like I'm kind of I don't know if I'm on the older millennial scale but like <laughs> <laughs> I'm like wait a second you know what I'm talking about but like just like the younger kids um I don't think that they realize how much like knowing your purpose and your identity really plays into just like your life and they're in very crucial, crucial stages of their life where everything is forming and like they're forming their, their morals and their stances on things. And so, um, a show like yours is like definitely needed.
2: Yeah. It's, it's because we are so inundated with all of the wrong information on where to put our value The counterfeit of, of our identity that's being sold to us is simply if you have the blue check, if you have this amount of followers, if you, you know, wear this stuff, if you have these type of shoes, that is your worth and value. And it's a complete and utter lie. And don't get me wrong we all still deal with it. You know what I mean? It's a day in and day out struggle, but -hmm. it's important for even this generation and people to see the people that they look up to that that's something that they still struggle with, but also are learning how to dismantle that counterfeit that's being sold to them as well. Yeah. Wow.
0: And just like, like knowing you and um, your family, like you all are so grounded. So like, it's really nice and I'm sure people who follow you they may look at what you have or what you're doing your platform and like your families your siblings platforms and be like wow they have it all but to know that like you're struggling with like finding your purpose and like you're going through these moments where you're like am I identifying with what I'm doing or is like like where does my purpose my identity really lie and um knowing like your family and all of them like I can point all of them out like if you guys go and follow Natalie and you you stalk her and you find all of her family members they are all literally killing the game like (laughs) it is so crazy so what I wanted to know I know that you're the baby of a family like how did that play into your journey and your career was it just like was it easy for you because like so many people led by example I'm not assuming that everybody's path was so easy they didn't have like their own pitfalls but like For you, um, you know, seeing your dad do all these great things, your mom's so powerful, all of your siblings just like living their dreams. Like, did that help you? Was that at all hard for you? Like, I'm just curious about that.
2: Yeah, it actually, I mean, it's a part of my DNA, right? I think, you know, we all have the same blood from my sister, Angela, to Jerry, to Anthony and myself. And, you know, what my parents have instilled in us is still is still there. And we feel that responsibility and that mantle that they have instilled in us to carry it out. Um, you know, my father was a professional baseball player as well as a manager, and he was in the limelight. He was in the spotlight. So for from, from me to be able to see him be this famous figure, if you will, living out this authentic, purpose-filled life with a a man of integrity was inspiring. And so it, what did I necessarily fall after his footsteps? No, but it was just something that was a part of, I was already woven into that lifestyle, if that makes any sense. And so For me, it inspired me to know that you can still be at the mountaintop. You can still have all this amount of success and still live a life of integrity and purpose. Um, And my mom is just, I mean, you know my mom, she's just a freaking powerhouse. And she, you know, she she has gotten all of us where we are, you know, here today. And so both of them have played a pivotal role. But then when it comes to my siblings, those are my peers. And so you feel like you have your own community within your family, which is even better. And mm-hmm. so has it helped 100% because we're each other's cheerleaders. You right. know what I mean? There's no six. If, if Jerry's successful, we're successful. If Angel's successful, if Anthony's successful, we're successful. And vice versa. That's how we see it. We see it as a. We're all doing this together, you know, as well as like with my husband, Brian and Jerome and Des, which is, um, Jerry's wife and Angela's husband. So it's just, it is a family affair. And, you know, a lot of people would always ask, well, how do you not compare yourself to them and to you? You can never compare someone's chapter 20 to your chapter two. We are all on a journey we are all on a timeline if we would if we could understand that we never want to jump out of the timeline jump out of God's will for our life because if we did that we would have to stay outside of his will to keep it that's the dangerous thing and so it's like you can never necessarily compare yourself to the people closest to you because what's theirs is theirs and what's ours is ours. And if we really understood that magnitude and just life is that what's written for Ruthie and Fina is, is not written for Natalie. We can all do it the same way, but our lanes are different. The people yeah. that we're called to are different. The the effects and, and the mantles that we're called to are different. Maybe the purpose, the overall purpose is the same as to inspire people, right. but everybody has their own vehicle. Yeah. And so if anything, it's just inspired me and, and just to show me that it is possible and Being in this industry and the entertainment world, as well as, you know, being a family of faith, you don't feel alone in it because we're all on the same mission, but we all have our own avenues. Yeah.
0: Oh, that's awesome. So did you, you mentioned you did the styling beforehand, but did you ever, did you have any prior background with like hosting or entertainment before starting your TV series?
2: (laughs) I'm embarrassed to say, cause I don't want anybody to go look this up, but. Oh, I'm going <laughs> I, to. <laughs> it was so bad. I, um, you know, I studied communications at Sac State. And then from that, I went and went to New York and did an internship and uh, worked at CBS Sports in New York and thought that I wanted to be a sports reporter, but in all reality, absolutely not. Like that just wasn't what I wanted. That wasn't what I felt. Um, but I knew I wanted to do something in the camera. So I didn't necessarily know what, um, so I had experience. Yes. But it really wasn't the experience that I'm, you know, encountering today. And I also did the show called sidewalks that was in the Bay area. Um, Hmm. that kind of, I want to say it, I don't know. I don't want to say that it prepared me, but it planted seeds. Mm-hmm. And so seeds obviously will harvest. But that I didn't know that I was planting that seed to get here today, if that makes okay. any sense. Absolutely.
0: Okay. Yeah, totally. Because Ruthie, you said, like, when I reached out to you um, about the podcast, you had mentioned, like, your dream is to, like, have your own talk show, right?
2: Mm-hmm.
0: It was, yeah. Yeah. Is that still a thing
1: or no? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I mean you know, if it happens, it happens. But I feel like what we're doing now is like a talk show, you know, it's yeah. not, but it is. You're connecting with people on a different level. You're providing content. You're being relevant. And that's really what I wanted to do and and be an, an inspiration. So Natalie, your overall message focuses on, living in one's purpose and discovering what their identity looks like. Mm -hmm. How did your, you said you had an aha moment. How -hmm. did that prepare the way for where you are right now?
2: It prepared me because I saw a need. Um, Miles Monroe always says the greatest way to collide with your purpose is if you see a problem, become that solution. And so for me, I felt like I could become that solution for this generation and and because of the the problem that we grapple with day in and day out. And I don't think I really realized that I had a gift in what I was doing until I filmed probably my fifth or sixth interview for season one. And it just dawned on me like, wait a minute, this is my calling. This is a part of my gift. And that was a part of that's the fruit of being obedient, right? Sometimes you don't know where God's leading you, but you know that you just need to step. And for me, I just stepped into knowing that, okay, I know that I need to do this. I don't know the outcome of this, but I know that God's calling me to pursue this dream. And because of, you know, me pursuing this dream and because of, the obedience um, he has allowed me now. Obviously, I'm entering into season two, but it has given me more purpose than I realized that I ever even knew that I had. Wow, the obedience thing—that is like the obedience is, thing—is real. It's real. Because it's it, real tough. <laughs> it, it's, it's probably one of the hardest things, in my opinion, that we'll ever do in life. Because we are so—we're stubborn. We're stubborn, stubborn beings. Like we are. We live in a world that we're so inundated with so much information and it allows us to become these know-it-alls and right. that we don't need God and we don't need these certain directions but in our reality it's like we need him every step of the way. Every step. And if I did not have that moment, you know, when I was transitioning to see and he used it. He used my depression to birth Purpose And so that should just be, you know, encouragement for anybody like God uses our pain. He uses anything that we go through to prepare us for the next who I have, would have not have ever thought in my wildest dreams that he would have used that season to download certain things in my life that were are going to reap a harvest a couple of years later. And so it's like he doesn't waste anything. Nope. So that's, that's indicative of who he is. Absolutely. I love that statement when you
1: said, you saw that there was a need, you know, that's how you kind of like, were able to discover your purpose and you went after it and you didn't take the fact that you're only one person and there's billions of people in this world and let that stop you. You said, there's a need and I can do something about it. Even if that means I'm touching five people for the whole year Mm-hmm. I'm still making an impact. I think that's so powerful because yeah. I think a lot of people get uh, paralyzed in thinking, what can I do when 25 million other people have done this same exact quote unquote thing? Yes. As when no one is Natalie, no one is Fina, no one is Ruthie. You better come on. So, regardless if you're doing quote unquote the same thing, you can't do it the same way.
2: Yes. Mm-hmm. And that, and don't get it twisted, when I s- filmed season one and after season one, you know, my prayer was always, God, I just want these blinders on so that I don't compare myself as much as like, this is what we're talking about. And But of course, you still can struggle with it, you know, day in and day out. It paralyzed me for a little bit because after I felt like I stopped praying that prayer, you know, keeping my blinders off and my focus wasn't really... um as focused as it should have been, I did start looking and seeing that other people were potentially doing what I was doing. But then I was like, wait a minute, if this is what he called you to do, he's going to see you through it. And like you Mm -hmm. said, there is no one that has my DNA. There's no one that Mm -hmm. has Ruthie's DNA. There's no one that has Fina's DNA and the people that Ruthie and Fina are called to can't be called to Natalie and vice versa. That's just, That's just what it is. That's just facts. Yeah. It's facts. Facts on facts on facts on facts. Yeah. And it's a hard pill to swallow because that's what, that's faith, right? That's when we, that is what God is requiring, requiring of us is to believe that he has the best, you know, that he's intended the best for our lives and knowing that what is for us is for us, but It can be difficult, but, uh, you know, it's important just to keep those blinders on and know that what you can do is what only you can do.
0: Yeah, it's good that you touched on that because that's, like, one of, like, my number one things that keeps me from doing, like... I feel like sometimes I can be a visionary, like, well, oh, I could do this, I could do this, and, like, immediately I I just, like, nip it in the bud because I'm like, oh, well, five million people are already doing that, and what am I going to do, you know? Um, But I think, like, for me sometimes I do get stuck because I'm like, I, when I step out in faith, like it it feels like a sacrifice. I'm like putting something on the line and then to notice that somebody else is doing it, it's kind of like, you get protective. You're like, not necessarily like, like this is my thing, but like, wait a second. Like, I just want a moment to like, try it out and not have anybody like get in my way. You know what I mean? But it is that faith, but knowing that like God's got you and like, you will reach who you're meant to reach and like, let them do their own thing. That also, too, like it really kept me from like celebrating other people. I had a really hard time Mm. in my heart. I was like, wow, they're doing so great, or oh, they're so beautiful, or oh, they have such a great style, or oh, look at what they're doing. But I could not verbalize that because I felt like it took away from my own Mm -hmm. shine, whatever. And I think having that faith and then also like actively celebrating other people kind of catapults you into like another level that you never imagined if you were like holding that all to yourself. Like, yes,
2: Yeah. yeah. That's really really good. It's it's powerful. to me even like when we are celebrating other people, we're serving other people. Mm-hmm. And the greatest leaders are servants. And so I think when we're able to sacrifice that pride or you know that ego yes. or that pain or you know that stuff that might stop us or prohibit us to celebrate other people, it's, it's important to be aware of it. And I think it's, and kudos to you for being aware of why you weren't doing it. Mm-hmm. You know, I think a lot of times people just think, oh, I'm not going to celebrate her because I'm not going to celebrate her. It's like, no, there's a deeper reason why you're not celebrating her. Right. And it, it's okay that it, there's a deeper reason, but now confront that deeper reason mm-hmm. so that you can continue on with your life. We've all gone through that. I have, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? We all have. But when you're so confident and who you are and who god has called you to be it is easier and when you believe and know that what is for you is for you that part of the spectrum gets way easier and it feels good because you're able to actually support other women you know because you want that um reciprocated as well right honestly it feels so good even like
0: and the the reciprocation is nice. I mean, who doesn't like, yeah. the little, like pile back, <laughs> a little like probably back? But yeah, just, um, just like my personality, like I do, I'm like private, and like I like hold on, hold on to things. Like one of my things is like avarice, you know. And so, but I like as I'm acting out in those ways that were like scary for me before. Like it does, it feels really good. Like I don't know, it just feels good to like celebrate other people. Be like you're doing, you're doing really good. Like you look great. Like, I don't know, like, why not? So yeah. Yeah. One
1: thing I learned very quickly in the whole blogging world is that I didn't lose by giving away. So I didn't lose anything by giving away a contact. I didn't lose anything by, you know, telling this girl, Oh, that's, you just need to email this guy. This is how you get hooked up for this. You look amazing. I didn't lose anything. I didn't get mm-hmm. less partnerships. I didn't get less anything. I only gained. And I it was interesting. It was good for me to see that. Just because you're giving away doesn't mean anything is being taken from you.
2: Yeah. yeah. That's so oh, that is good. You didn't gain right. <laughs> you Ruthie, you better preach.
1: No, but it's like you have to do it though. Like Fina was saying, you have to do it and then you see, oh, I'm not actually losing anything. Yeah. yeah nothing's being taken away from me by giving away
2: yes and it's a muscle that we exercise right it's like even if we might not feel like we want to do it and because we're wrestling with that deeper rooted issue i still would encourage people to do it to start practicing that muscle and then it'll get easier and easier and easier and then that root will slowly dissipate as well
1: and there's usually a root there's usually a reason there's usually Mm -hmm. an upbringing there's there's a reason so we got to chat for a couple minutes before we, we did this awesome interview, right? And I found out that you have had the opportunity to chat and interview celebrities, okay? Yeah. Which just blew my mind. Aspina, I'm acting crazy. Like, I'm like, <laughs> a celebrity, right? You know, people like Hailey Bieber, Tyson Chandler, Kelly Rowland, just just to name a few. Can you share with us just a few challenges? Obviously, this is confidential. You're not telling specifics from each person, but some of the challenges with purpose and identity that just celebrities in general, you found face and how how we as, as, as listeners and as individuals could learn from them.
2: Yeah. um, Great question. Well, in season one, I'm definitely not saying anything that's confidential because y'all could watch it. (laughs) Oh, it does. Exactly. (laughs) They they will let y'all know. But like for Kelly, I remember, you know, one of her her bites was she didn't know why she was here. And she had a moment. Um, I'm probably going to butcher this story, but where they were singing the Lord's Prayer, and she just had an encounter with God, and she had a moment with the girls in the crowd because you know she was at a performing with Destiny's Child, and she just said, "Ah, oh, this is this is what I'm doing it for. This is why I'm here." And that, to me, is purpose. Its purpose is when we're doing something greater than ourselves, and I think that again, celebrities, well-known people, famous people struggle with the same exact thing that we do, but even on a higher level, Mm -hmm. you know, so it's, it's, it, it's potentially worse, you know, it's, it's harder because, you know, she would always say, she said in the interview, she had, she also came to the realization that life was more than number ones, you know, number more than number one records, et cetera, et cetera, because she was wrestling with that, wanting to be that best, wanting to be what the world says you need to be. And she realized, wait a minute, life is more than this. Mm -hmm. Um, as well as, um, you know, my brother, Jerry Lorenzo founder of fear of God, you know, he realized that if people he he doesn't make clothes Cl- making clothes doesn't define who he is mm-hmm. for him if he dies and the only peep and the only thing that people remember of him is the clothes then he's failed mm-hmm. and so he's realized that things are bigger but he still wrestles with you know maybe comparing to the other designers or this and that and so yeah. We all, again, celebrities, non-celebrities, still struggle with it. But for them, it's just on a different platform, and it's under a microscope. People are watching you day in and day out. And you know, Haley Bieber speaks about it too. Speaks about the comparing on social media. You know, the bullying that comes along with that. Yeah. Um, being married to Justin, and and you know, she said that the comparing got worse. Because she was married to Justin. There were certain things that she was wrestling with and struggling with. Um, Mm -hmm. But that's the purpose of now with Natalie is to shed a light on these issues and also to discover how to dismantle them.
0: Yeah. Wow.
2: Something I felt
0: like was a pattern. You had said it. you You said that you had recorded like five episodes of your TV series before you were like, your aha moment, like this is what I'm supposed to be doing, and then with Kelly Rowland, which, by the way, I've had multiple people tell me that I look exactly like her. <laughs> I just wanted to throw that in there. <laughs> well, you're beautiful. You kind of do, but you're beautiful. But um, it's awesome. <laughs> she was. <laughs> I'm sorry, I don't know why I said that, but she was She's performing with Destiny's Child. And then in that moment, she was like, "This is what I'm. This is why I'm doing it. Not. It's not about the number one spot. It's not about the performance. Like, what whatever she was grappling with, and came to, to realize, like, she was already like in that process. And for me, what I like kind of interpreted from that is that in order to discover your purpose and your identity and your destiny, you you have to step out. Like, I'm I honest. feel like if, for a lot of us, we get stuck or whatever. We're trying. We're waiting for something. Mm-hmm. Like for even myself." I had a lot of t- hard times like dreaming for myself and kind of waiting for that aha moment to just kind of come to me about really doing like a lot of the work. And like, what I've just found that you like a common thread and what you're saying is that you kind of, you need to step out. Yep. Mm-hmm. You kind of you just go after it mm-hmm. and it's not going to happen right away. It's, it's not going to be a formula. Like it's no. just, you're going to have your moment. And so that was honestly really powerful. For me.
2: Yeah. And she shared that, um, in our episode. And, you know, I always say, if you're asking God to order your steps, but you're not willing to walk, that's Mm. an issue. How are we going to ask God to order our steps and we're standstill? Yeah. You know what I mean? Faith without works is dead. It's a two way street. All we have to do is our part. All we have to do is take that one little step and he'll literally do he will exceed our expectations. Yeah. but because yeah. Fear, yeah, because fear stops us from just taking that one step. Yeah. And, you know, I think for so many people, I believe that we collide in our purpose. It's not like we just, again, wake up. Yes, I had that aha moment in my depression season, but I didn't even know that that was necessarily what I was called to continue to do. Right. And how I was doing it. But I knew that I needed to step, but I had no idea why I was stepping.
0: Yeah. Wow.
2: And, that, and that's scary. Yep. Terrifying. I mean, for you, Ruthie, okay, so
0: I want to know your perspective because yeah. you graduated high school early and then went into nursing school. Yeah. And like you were a nurse at a like, very young age, mm-hmm. got married, had a family. And then later in your journey, like you're doing this whole influencer thing and like blowing up like for you how how did that play out for you like discovering your purpose and your your identity and it's like especially in this like blogger world where you know I mean it's all about comparison and like you know there's there may be sometimes it seems oversaturated but I just look at you all the time I feel like you were just one of a kind like I I don't see anybody doing wow, what you're doing that means so much I'm and I'm not making this up like I, I don't I don't need to like you know <laughs> I mean, sometimes me and Ruthie do chat, like, text
2: each other and we're like,
0: I love you. Or like, oh my gosh, it's so it's yeah. like, I do.
2: I Can say much. Can I say much? something to that? Yes. Because when I stalked Ruthie's page, I literally was like, oh my God, you are literally one of a kind.
1: Oh my gosh. You
2: guys and are going to make me just cry. Your, just your cadences, um, beautiful black woman, confident um on your insta stories you've been talking about your day from morning to night but so open about it and so freeing and so honest and transparent mm-hmm. and you know it's a representation for black women as well and that's important especially yeah. right now it so is so i agree with what she's saying thank
1: you i have to say and thank you fina as well when you're struggling with your identity or you're discovering your identity what happens is initially what i found myself doing was literally copying because i'm in this new world this new space
2: mm-hmm.
1: and you just you're constantly looking around so i'm seeing what this blogger is doing and i was starting to imitate everything until finally i realized no all i like to wear is dresses and all i like to do is this and I like to be a little bit funny in my captions and I can't pretend I'm someone else. So I'm just going to be me in my captions and I'm going to be me in my stories. I'm organized. I'm like this. So that's how I'm going to be. And it's weird for some people, but then they'll be like, oh, that's, that's just Ruthie. But it starts out where you're looking around so much that you're, emulating what you see until you start to discover who you are and what you really like. And you get around people that are saying, Oh, what you're doing is awesome. You know, I think your tribe around you is so important because they're the ones that can kind of push you and say, keep going and keep being you. Like don't try to be Monica and Jasmine. They're doing their thing.
0: Like who's Monica and who's Jasmine?
1: <laughs> but it, it, Identity is such a, it's a hard Thing. And I think for women in particular, when living in this media age, it's very difficult not to compare yourself and not to question who you are.
2: Yeah, no, that's real. And, I, and oof, that's real. But, you know, I think that that's why the basis of us not getting so caught up in that web is, is knowing. Who we are and knowing why we're here, you right. know what I mean? but I always say, if you don't know who you are and if you don't know where you're from, you'll never know why you're here. and if you're putting your identity and you know where you're from and all these other things, then you'll never really know really who you are. And you know it's the basis of, to me, it's our foundation of what catapults us into what God has called us to do, aka our purpose. yeah.
0: Mm -hmm. And then, and then, like reminding yourself, like you can't compare someone's chapter twenty to your chapter two, like that to me is like, I mean, first of all, like just with the comparison, just getting caught up in so much of what other people are doing, like how are you
2: focusing on yourself? Like I have time. even though though we do, you know, we make the time, and I think, you know in my opinion, the enemy knows how to get us and when to get us. When we're vulnerable and when we're down and when we are in a space where we are trying to figure out what we're feeling and what we're going to do, we look, like you said, Ruthie, we look to other people to really emulate what we feel like we should be doing. And that's what I was saying earlier about going outside of the will of God. If we start doing what they're doing to make ourselves feel better, we'll have to stay outside of God's will to keep what we were doing. And that's, yes. the danger. Right. that's wow. danger. Yeah. It's like a trap. Really Oh my gosh. Big trouble, big trouble. Yeah.
0: yeah. Well, we see you killing it. We see you living your dream to the fullest, but we're curious, like, is there an even bigger dream that you want to see come to pass? Like, are you kind of still just feeling it out? Like, like you said, you're flowing, you're vibing, or do you have something on the horizon that you're like working towards
2: i feel like right now i'm seed planting um but i also you know there's in my eyes for now i mean i don't know what god has in store but i want 50 episodes 50 seasons of now with natalie i'm only on two you know yeah i want maybe not 50 but you know (laughs) what i mean like I, this is what I love to do, however that rolls out, whatever, you know, the type of form that it is. I know that these type of conversations and these interviews and these interactions is a part of what I do um, and what I'm called to do. But is there a bigger, I don't know, you know, I, I talk to God about that all the time. And so I think for me, it is taking steps. It's taking that one step, you know, after another, obviously after we release season two. I'll probably start preparing for season three, yeah. but you know, with that there's still other um, legs or branches from now with Natalie that I'm discovering that I want to tap into. But once I start tapping into them, I'll let you guys know.
0: <laughs> okay. Well, we're, we're excited. I mean, I mean, we, we talked before about season two a little bit and you told us a little, so like, are there any like special guests or like teasers or anything that you can kind of like give our listeners a little taste because i am just expecting all of them to be like okay well now i'm obsessed with natalie and i'm gonna need to follow her everywhere
2: <laughs> hello, hello. No, they're definitely gonna want to watch so season i can tell you the difference i mean the difference you know season one was six episodes season two is now 11 which is exciting yeah. um season one had three guests in each um episode so now season two it's just one guest I can't give you the guess yet because we're going to be releasing the trailer within the next four weeks. Oh, I know. I'm so, but (laughs) this season is, um, is definitely heavier. I'm not going to lie. It's definitely, um, meteor. It's definitely not fluff and pretty and roses. And, um, we're talking about, you know, heavy stuff. We're talking about shame. So of course, season one was, you know, your value and your identity is not in what you do. Mm -hmm. And now your value and identity is not in what you've done. So what you've done meeting, you know your mistakes, the shame of things that maybe you did that you weren't so proud of, and we go from you know we're talking to addiction, to um, drug addiction, to pornography, to infidelity, to public shaming, um, to church hurt, yeah. to race, um, all with all all under the banner of obviously shame with these well known influential people, and so. Right. It's good. I mean, it's definitely a little bit heavier, but there's still hope (laughs) instilled in it. Um, But it's, it's truth that we all need to confront because I don't think that we realize that we allow shame to rob us, you know, of our true identity. We think that our value is really determined by our mistakes, you know, Mm -hmm. what we should have done or what we shouldn't have done or, oh, I'm this, I'm a liar, I'm a cheater, I'm, I'm an addict but in all reality, you're a new creation. You're renewed in God's eyes. And so um, that's what we, what we talk about. But once the trailer's out, you guys will see very soon um, who is on season two. Hey, I'm, I'm sure your listeners will at least love at least half of the viewers. I mean, half of the guests. They're going to um, love all of them. Okay, all. <laughs> They're going to love all of them, yes.
0: I'm excited. Aww. So excited Thanks for to you. Listen. Wow, Natalie, this is
1: awesome. Uh, Thank you so much for being with us. Yeah. Um, How can our uh, listeners find you? Because that's going to be obviously, we're going to link and tag you everywhere. But while they're listening now, maybe they have a friend in the car, they can write this
2: down. What's (laughs) your website, Instagram? (laughs) How can we find you? Um, well, one, thank you for having me. I'm yes. honored. I love you guys. And I love what you guys are doing and I love supporting you guys. And I believe in this and I think it's awesome. And once again, congrats on one year that went by fast, huh? It yeah. Did. Really yeah. Um, but you guys can follow me on Instagram, Natalie, Manuel Lee, or, um, the show's Instagram now with Natalie show
1: now with Natalie's show. Awesome, awesome, awesome.
2: And before you leave us, if you had one
1: word or phrase of encouragement for our listeners, what would you leave us with
2: tonight? Um, Don't mistake your process with your purpose and don't abort the process. Oh. (laughs) How are you going to
0: leave them with that? How are you going to leave them with that? But whatever. God. No, that's cool.
1: <laughs> then I'm she cool. drops the mic. Know. Yeah. Say it one more
2: time. One more time. One more time. Say it one more time. Don't mistake your process with your purpose. Mm-hmm. And don't abort the process. Because what <laughs> you gain in the process will sustain you for your purpose. Oh, so good. That ah! is, I'm just <laughs> <dead>.
0: <laughs> Y'all, I wish you could see our faces. Fina's looking <laughs> off to the side. I know. Well, because <laughs> sometimes she sometimes just says stuff, and I'm like, when i re- when i edit these recordings i am a mess i say like like a thousand times i've just oh, up my yeah. words, and then you're like we'll do this
2: no oh, no please but to be honest it's been my mantra honestly for the last um few years because life has is, has been a process you know what i mean there's just certain things that you don't want to go through that you want to avoid Wholeheartedly, but once you get out of that process, you realize that you've gained a new tool that you needed to sustain you for the next season. Huh. I have to keep that in my brain, yes. or I will all the things of, of what that God has called me to do. Oh, trust <laughs> me, it's the truth. Yeah. yeah, we need this
1: on a T-shirt, on a mug. It's yes. going to be all over my girl podcast, Instagram. <laughs> Fina's going to do some graphics. It's so over. graphics. <laughs> <laughs> it's over. Uh, that is too good. Guys, uh-huh. thank you so much for being with us tonight. Having Natalie here to celebrate with us for our one year is really such a gift and a treat. It is the perfect way that we want to jump into basically our second year of podcast life full of wisdom and just exhortation and um, just strength moving forward. You guys have got to follow Natalie. Enough about us. You got to make sure you follow her and thanks for being here tonight. And we will see you all soon. Bye, guys. Hey girls, be sure to follow us on Instagram and Facebook. You can also find us on Spotify and subscribe on Apple podcast. We'll see you there.